the dead exhibited in the straw-strewn wagon bed. A man, or the bloody remnants of one. A raw-boned middle-aged woman with one bare and dirty foot protruding from the makeshift shroud. A girl with hair the color and sheen of a bird's wing. About her throat an arrowhead tied to a leather thong, and the thong wound tightly into the blue-looking flesh. A boy of fourteen or fifteen, and another younger yet, and over all a welter of congealing blood. Aligned so, and staring at the uncaring sky, they are beyond any commiseration you might have for them, and you'd be hard put to come up with a sin they might have committed enormous enough to have brought them to so shoddy an end. The fat man in faded duckheads shuffled his feet awkwardly. Behind him the malign sun had burned away the last of the morning mist, and the false front stores and tacky houses assembled themselves almost apologetically, dimensionless and makeshift props for the darker tableau that has played beyond the curtain. "'There are some sorry sons of bitches in this world,' the fat man said inadequately. "'I believe about half of them are running wild in the hurricane,' Sandy said. "'Who's running wild? Who done this mess, anyway?' "'God knows. More likely the devil. Old man Bookbinder got jumped by Granville Sutter and faced him down with a horse pistol. There's a Tyler boy lost in there, wandering around with a rifle, and some story about a dead sister and Fenton Breeze misburying dead folks. Turned up at my house two or three o'clock in the morning, half out of his head. Said we might ought to open some graves. I ain't much for grave robbing, but after this, I'd believe most anything.' Well, I'll be goddamned, the fat man said suddenly. I never noticed that, he pointed, a bloody mound of curly hair. A dog in there. He brought out a taffy-colored dog, some breed of terrier. The dog's eyes were open and its distended tongue as purple as a chow's. Strangest of all, the dog's ears had been pierced and it wore a gaudy pair of dime-store earrings. Well, I'll be damned. I don't believe I've ever seen a dog wearing ear bobs. Reckon why whoever it was killed the dog, anyway? I thought about that some, Sandy said. I believe it was just all there was left to kill. They came up through the stand of cypress that shrouded the graveyard the pickup hidden off the road and a chert pit clotted with inkblot bowers of honeysuckle. There were two of them, a young woman and a gangling youth who appeared to be younger still. A leaden rain out of the first slow days of winter had begun sometime after midnight, and the cypresses wept as they passed beneath them. The tools the pair slung along in their hands refracting away such light as there was, and the pair pausing momentarily when the first milk-white stones rose bleakly out of the dark. Behind and below them the church loomed, a pale, outraged shape, no more, and only the impotent dead kept its watch. The girl moved ahead amongst the gravestones with a sense of purpose, but the boy hung back as if he'd had second thoughts or had other places to be. 
She turned a flashlight on and off again immediately, though in truth she hadn't needed it. Here, she said. This one here. Yeah, the boy said. Rain ran out of his hair and down his face. His clothing was already soaked, and you could hear the water in his boots as he walked. This is crazy as shit, he said. This seemed so self-evident she didn't even reply. He drove the spade into the earth mounded atop the grave, and leaning his weight into the work, began to remound the earth in a pile next the grave. She seated herself on a gravestone, and crossing her legs at the ankles and shielding her lighter from the rain with her body, lit a cigarette and smoked and watched this curious midnight shift at work. A car passed once below them, snaking the curves, the lit cypresses rearing out of the windy rain and subsiding, and there was a fragment of girls laughing.